It's intern Noe. It's out drink the coverage brought to you by Frisco Bar and Grill as we're going to talk some NFL playoffs. Hello, everybody. How are you doing there, intern Noe? And what are you drinking? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. I uh, love to be back in the studio. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into all that. It's a little different today. We're, we're not sitting there looking at one laptop or two laptops. We have multiple cameras. We have nice studio mics. I feel like price is right. Mm-hmm. Or I also feel like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> uh, and and I jokingly said this earlier. We, we, we got to remember we're on the camera now the whole time we're talking. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is the new Outdrink the Covered. This is where we're at. Uh, and we're happy to be here. And let, we're going to have fun. Now, I do want to say if you're expecting a lot of cowboy talk, that's going to be in the next episode. So how we're doing this week is we're about to record this outdrink the coverage talking uh, the the conference uh, championships, the divisional results, but we're recording another episode where we're just talking the Cowboys and what we're going to do. <laughs> like you secretly drink. We can all see it. It's different. This is all different. And we've also had some, what is it called? Libation. We had uh more than one shot. Yes, we have. And I have a cocktail. You have a cocktail. Yes, sir. Uh, today, I'm doing Wild Turkey 101. And for my cocktail, I mixed it with some Dr. Pepper Cherry Coke. Yeah, I like that. Cherry Coke. No, Cherry Dr. Pepper. Cherry Dr. Pepper. Uh, cherry is a great flavor to have with bourbon. So just to have the soda with the bourbon, the one of the most underrated bourbons in Kentucky. Uh, it's just fantastic. Delicious. Uh, great for all year mm-hmm. if you want it in the wintertime perfect summertime also perfect uh so yeah perfect drink what, what are you drinking dude I, i'm drinking vodka it's what i always drink but i, I am drinking frio this week or at least to start the show maybe the second oh, show I'll be over a little hoity-toity oh, okay. um, i will admit though I, I do want to uh in the off season and we're going to talk about our off season stuff here in a second i i do want in the off season to learn more about bourbon and stuff because i had actually taken some of your other bourbon yeah uh, a couple of weeks ago when the Cowboys beat Tampa Bay and I sipped on it during the game. Yeah. And I finally kind of got it. Yeah. At, at 47 years old, because I've never been a big bourbon fan, yeah. I kind of got that where it was just, if you sip it just right, in the right moment, in yeah. the right mood, it, it, it carries you to a really good place. It also helped that, like, you know, Dak Prescott had thrown for like three touchdowns and ran for a touchdown yeah. and all that, but we'll yeah. talk about all that. But anyway, anyway, if this is the first time you've ever found us, this is out drink the coverage where we talk football and other things. Uh, check out our new uh, logo. It's in the background right now. Absolutely awesome. Wes did a great job. We've had, again, we, we've moved to a different network uh, in, in the last couple of months. And this is part of the, the fun of that new equipment. Uh, we've got studio mics. We wore headsets before. We've got actual cameras. Now, some of this will change as we go. We'll figure it out. That's kind of why we're starting to record it now, so we can kind of figure things out like that. But but more importantly, we're going to have fun talking football. This episode is about the conference championship. So, outside of Dallas, San Francisco, what were your thoughts about last weekend's divisional round? I thought... I mean, just going through the three games, 
one key yeah. thing I thought about about Kansas City and Jacksonville. Jacksonville made it far. They still need some, you know, some more parts. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, they exceeded expectations by a lot. So good for them. Uh, Philadelphia Giants. I I mean, I, I just realized the Eagles are just that they, they really. That one's an interesting one just because they dominated the Giants in New York yeah. earlier in the year. And then the last game of the season, when they needed to win to get the number one seed, they kind of played a vanilla offense. Yep. It was still good enough to beat the, the the Giants. But in this playoff game, there was a couple of big throws by Hurts. But Hurts, I, I think he only had like 150 yards passing overall. His right shoulder looked fantastic. Uh, the, the, and then the, uh, their offensive line, I thought they were going to be a weakness because they were so banged up during the season. But they were perfectly fine. Lane Johnson and crew just t- took care of Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, it was uh, it was just an annihilation. It was th- just utter destruction. They got over 200 yards rushing. They, they they really had no threat from the Giants' offense. Their offense, the Eagles' offense, was so good that the Giants were just forced to try to just play. They they were forced to be out of their element. Yep. And for 2022, the Giants' element was great defense, great running game, and Saquon Barkley was shut down. None of the other Giants' offensive talents were able to produce anything. Uh, they're going to have a lot of issues in the offseason with Daniel Jones and what they want to do because they they did exceed expectations in 2022. But will that hurt them going forward? Because I think it might. I think that will because it well it, it will if they make the wrong decision. To me, I think the wrong decision is giving Daniel Jones a long term contract. I agree, and I really think if they look at what the 49ers have done with three different quarterbacks, sort of different but not like spectacular. Trey Lance, Garoppolo, Purdy. None of those players are top ten quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Yeah, and I totally agree. And they've gone so far. I don't think the Giants necessarily need to have a top-tier quarterback to succeed. They need to have someone that's very steady. Uh, so that's what I thought about that game. And then the other game, Cincinnati-Buffalo, shocked, completely shocked. It, it gives me even more respect for Joe Burrow. They did not have three of their top offensive line. Not that the offensive line was stout. Beforehand? Yeah, yeah. they were almost as bad as last year. Now, I will say, like, what – the Bengals did in the offseason was fantastic. They tried to address that, getting Kappa, getting Lyle Collins, but you know they're they're injured, and somehow on the road in the snow against Buffalo with the returning Demar Hamlin for for emotional inspiration. Yeah, that's a good they, point. They won by three scores. Yeah, and it felt like everything was going Buffalo's way. You got Hamlin coming back. You have the snow, which yeah. is supposed to be you know Buffalo thrives in that. Yeah. And yet, this offense just looked terrible. And it's not like it was against a really – I mean, Bengals are an okay defense. There's nothing yeah. special about them. There's nothing that they do, like, amazing. They're just okay. Um, and, and they've had injuries. So, yeah, it, it, we'll talk about all that. But first, we want to talk about our title sponsor, Frisco Bar and Grill. Uh, you can find them at 6750 Gaylord, uh, Gaylord Parkway, Suite 120 in Frisco. Hours 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour is 3 a.m. to 7 p.m. each and every day. 
they're closed on Monday and Tuesday at midnight. Uh, they have high, uh, high school. They have college football. They have pro football. Oklahoma Sooners uh, watching club is there. San Francisco 49ers watching club is there. They also have karaoke. They're legitimately the perfect bar, whether you're wanting to go watch football, watch sports, or go take your girl out and have a good date and, and do karaoke. They've got great food. They've got great appetizers, and we do appreciate them being the title sponsor. Also, Grandeur Pet Solutions. You can find them online at grandeurforsure.com. Give them a call, 469-809-1842. Talk to Corey. They're locally owned and operated. They've been open since 2013. The biggest thing that I think you could give them as what they do, not only do they take care of your pest, but they're going to get to you quick. It's not going to be you call them today and you might hear from them two months from now. They're going to get a hold of you. They're going to get a hold of you soon, and they're going to take care of business. Also, Mattress Depot, 11 locations across DFW. Also, Irving, as uh, Frank Gifford used to always say, <laughs> Rockwall. Uh, you can find them online. Just type in Mattress Depot. All right. Now let's go back more into, by the way, this is out drink the coverage on the S two S sport network, part of L four media. Uh, it's going to be a little different. Again, as we said, we're, we're figuring all these things out with the cameras and stuff. So if there's some issues, we'll figure it out, but let's go ahead and go now into breaking it down. So Buffalo versus Cincinnati and then Dallas versus San Francisco. And this is the only thing we're going to talk about with Dallas on this show. We're going to have another episode today where we just talk Dallas. But I, I think the funniest thing is, and this is where we talk about where, you know, you have perception and, and truth. Dak is being at Dak Prescott is actually being just dragged through the coals about his performance against San Francisco on the road against the team that everybody said was the favorite. Everybody last week, there, I don't know many people that picked Dallas. Right. Josh Allen loses at home, and yet the perception is, and, and this is also Dallas Cowboy fans. Yeah. Dallas Cowboy fans are the worst fans in the world when it comes to their quarterback. Yeah. Again, everybody, sorry, got to get used to this stuff. Everybody for Cowboy fans want to judge everybody, every quarterback against Roger Staubach and, and Troy Aikman, fair or not. But nationally, why is nobody talking about Josh Allen struggling at home in a divisional round playoff game that he should have been, you know, most people felt he should have won? Uh, it could just be because of the Bills. Uh, to me, going into the season, the Buffalo was my Super Bowl pick. Yeah, I think a lot of people's pick. Yeah, I mean, they addressed their offensive line issues, which didn't really help in the playoffs. Uh, they had the offensive talent with Diggs, with uh, Gabe. Uh, was single well, you know, not committing to the run. It's been an issue for the Bills, right there. Yeah, it, and that kind of showed in this game against the Bengals. I think 100. percent Yeah. Uh, so I had picked them to win this game, but that, that was not a disrespect to the Bengals at all. Yeah. Well, Cincinnati did going on the road. It, it, was, it was many components that were going against them. One, this should have been a neutral side game. That, that's been my biggest issue about this entire matchup. Yeah. If Buffalo and or the potential Buffalo-Kansas City matchup would have been in Atlanta, then I felt that Buffalo and Cincinnati should have also been a neutral side game. Because if you look at the standings, record tiebreakers, if Cincinnati had beat Buffalo on Monday night, so assuming no DeMar Hamlin injury, yeah then Cincinnati would have had the tiebreaker and they would have been the two seed and they would have played the Bills, assuming Bills would have beaten the whoever the sixth seed was. 
So I, I just feel that Cincinnati had a lot of obstacles to overcome in this game. The yeah. fact that they actually won on the road by three scores says a lot about uh, Coach Taylor, who before the start of last season was under fire and might yeah. have gotten fired. Yeah. Uh, now it's five and one as a head coach in the playoffs. And Joe Burrow, I mean, what can you say more about him? He, without three of his starting offensive line, just picked apart a very respected Buffalo defense. I really thought Buffalo would be all over Burrow, but it just didn't happen. And uh, yeah, kudos to Cincinnati. Their, their patchwork offensive line, I think they only allowed one sack, three quarterback hits. It was just a above-expectation effort by the, the Cincinnati offensive line. I will say this, though. I think what's more impressive for me is that the Bengals did it while Joe Burrows had a good game, it wasn't like he threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, right. 242 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Joe Mixon, and, and we talked about this last yeah. week, that yeah. he was not healthy all year, so he only ended up with like 800 yards, and so people forget how good he was. And the, the reason that the Bengals won is in the snow, they were able to do what Buffalo couldn't do. Now, my whole issue with Buffalo is I don't know at times if they just cared to run the ball. I always felt that when they forced were forced to that Singletary and Moss, well Moss and uh, not uh, what's the other guy? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Jack something. Jack Jones, the guy that came in late and like. But anyway, oh Naheem Hines. No, no, no. Jack, it's Jack something. It's Jack Jones or something. He was right, a, well, Jack Cook, I'll, Cook, Cook, Cook. Okay, or oh, James, James Cook, Cook, James yeah, Cook, James yeah, Cook. Yeah. Um, when they needed to run the ball, they seemed to run the ball. It's just they didn't want to. Yeah, and, and I don't know if that's one of those situations where you look at you get enamored as an offensive coordinator by what your quarterback can do. So you just want to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. But the Bengals, man, that they basically played. And we had talked about this last week yeah. where we're in a different era. Now uh, we're not in the era where teams are going to just sit there and do a shell and let you pick them apart. They're yeah. going to force you to throw down the field. Uh, and I thought the Bengals did a really good job of forcing the Buffalo Bills offense to not be able to just dink and dunk. They were trying to go down the field and in that snow, they couldn't. And I, I, I don't know, man. Again, I go back to all the talk and we'll talk more about the Dak side, but for all the talk about what Dak didn't do against San Francisco, to me, what Josh Allen didn't do at home in the snow against the Bengals should be the bigger story. Yeah. But for some reason, no one's really talking about that. They're giving Buffalo a pass like they do every year, not to be. I mean, I've been I've been hey, I've been rooting for Buffalo. Oh to yeah, actually break through and win a Super Bowl for a while. Yes. Uh, so I'm not trying to trash Buffalo. It's just <sighs> because of their history, <laughs> they get a pass because it just always happened. Let's just say if the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, were in this situation, uh -huh. yeah, it would be the same. It would be a similar situation. But, you know, for some reason, if you want to go back to the Cowboy game, Dak, I mean, it, it, it's very hard to excuse at least one of those interceptions. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying that, like, Dak should be excused. I'm just saying for for all the talk, and you and I were watching The Athletic on YouTube earlier, and Nate Tice, son of Mike Tice, played quarterback. And it was funny watching him because he kind of – you could see him kind of talk himself. At first, he was doing the whole, well, Dak failed, so, yeah. you know. But then you kind of realized he was like, well, wait a minute. You know, what kind of offense does Dak have? Like, 
what's the explosive player? Yeah. Pollard and CD lamb. Yeah. And, and that's it. Everybody else, they've got to be perfectly open to get the pass. Michael Gallup. And, and I, I will understand hundred percent. If next year we see a different Gallup, it's still knee, but Michael Gallup, just in my opinion for 13 million a year that he was very disappointing this year and he had no catches in this game and, and there was one throw that Dak probably should have thrown better yeah and, and I get that but the, the biggest issue with somebody like Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz is they catch the ball well but they don't get separation and if your wide receivers don't get separations that means there's more 50 50 balls if you have more 50 50 balls that means you have a bigger chance of being intercepted. Yeah. Great points. Uh, we, we probably should save the cowboy talk. We will. We will. Let's move uh, on. Let's uh, move on. Uh, it, it, it's really a lot to say about Buffalo. I'm not really sure what they should do when the off season took to get out of the, the, blah, 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 the divisional round. Cause you know, they, this is the second year in the row where they lost in the divisional. That's round. a good point. Three so, years ago, they made the AFC title game. Everybody talked about it. And since then, though, they've ended at the division. And now all their star players are a year older. Hey, Diggs is on the wrong side of 30. That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, I didn't even thought about that. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up to confirm. But and I'm, it's not I'm like he's sure. a big wide receiver either. Yeah. He's a productive receiver, but also he's. Yeah, I mean, size-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and Poyer, he's already in his 30s. They're all, all their best players outside of. Uh, Josh Allen are getting older or getting a year older on the wrong side of 30. So they need to really start evaluating what they want to do going forward. If they really want to compete for a Super Bowl. So, yeah. Uh, uh, hey, kudos to, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Lou and Arumo, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals. Very underrated job he's done this year. Yeah. I mean, they started owing to, they lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Cowboys to start the year, and then they rode the ship. They finished twelve and four. They had a great win in their wild card round against the the Ravens, a very game Ravens team. That close win made me think that you know they they ran out of steam and they won't be able to beat Buffalo. But yeah, uh, need to focus more. At, this is where I agree with them. This is where I agree with the analysts. Like they really should focus more on how impressive Burrow was. Yeah, without, that's a good point. Without his top lineman, uh, he was just yeah, mixing up, of course, of running the game, running the ball 20 times, getting over 100 yards. That was impressive. That was very key. But the fact that Burr was able to be effective at all against one of the top defenses in football, on the road, in the snow, and just diamond it to Boyd, to Chase, to Higgins. It was just Hay Hayden Hurst had a great game. It was just an impressive uh, showcase, and uh, I mean, we'll talk about the conference title matchups, but it'd be hard for me to say that the Bengals are not going to make it to the Super Bowl again. All right, well, let, let's go ahead and go into that because Kansas City takes care of Jacksonville 27-20. to 20. Now, the score is really close, but it kind of felt like if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a high ankle sprain, I, I, it felt like Kansas City would probably would have won that game going away. I don't know, man, because Chad Henney came in to end the first half. Yep. Engineered that long scoring drive. It was six plus minutes. Uh, Mahomes could have done the exact same thing and then went fine. So I, I'm not sure. I, I really think that, well, to me, I, I would have kept Henney in for the second half. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. They yeah. were on a roll. He was playing well. 
He's Let already my- won an AFC title game for the Chiefs in the past. So yeah, yeah. So uh, it would just been to me if I were Andy Reid, I would have. I mean, of course, he's going to listen to his quarterback because he's a once in a generational talent. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes came in in the second half and played well. I, I just felt like there was an increased risk of getting him injured, though. Uh, but it didn't happen. Kudos to the the huge Chiefs offensive line yes. that really just shut down the Jags pass rush, which was basically non-existent in the second half. They should have been – I mean, given that Mahomes suffered a high ankle sprain in the first half, the Jags pass rush should have been more effective in the second half, just trying to get some Mahomes, fluster him. You know, he, he, he loves doing those you know, 10, 11 uh, step drops just to get really wide. So it kind of puts more pressure on the offensive line. But looking for him, he has one of the biggest and most athletic line in football. So they're able to protect him. He can just step up really easily because he has two best guards and center in football. Uh, I, given, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I was just surprised that we didn't see I, I would have thought the Jags would have blitzed more in that second half. I, me too. You, you've got a guy who can't move. Yeah. And, and you, you take chances at that point yeah. because you, you just felt like, Honestly, he was one hit away from maybe not being able to finish the game. And yeah. yes, Chad Henney played well. And yes, Chad Henney has played well in a, a division or a, a, a conference championship before. Yeah. But you ask any team who would you rather play in the second half of a game, Mahomes or, or Chad Henney, they're going to take Chad Henney. Man, I really thought watching him at Michigan, he would have a Hall of Fame career by now. Chad Henney, he had the arm. I just remember watching him. I think it was the Rose Bowl his senior year. Just some of the misses he was throwing yeah. were just so just pinpoint and just so far and deep and with so much velocity. I just really feel like he was so NFL ready by his senior year. It has materialized, but I mean he's he's been such a really solid backup. Oh for, yeah. Yeah, for several teams. Uh but yeah, going back to what you said, man, it, it's just very sad that the Jaguars had the opportunity. And they couldn't really do the pass rush. And even then, even the fact that they couldn't have a pass rush after Mahomes' injury, they still had a chance to win. Yes. It was those damn turnovers. Yep. They moved the ball well 20 to 20, but they struggled once they got in the Kansas City side of the field. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the Eagles back during uh, the Jim, was Jim Johnson. Was the, oh, the late, great Jim Johnson. Yeah. That, that, that bend but don't break defense where 20 to 20 moved the ball around. But red zone, you're stopped. You're going to yep. be settling for a field goal. That's kind of what Dallas does now. Yep. If, if they don't get you early with sacks and turnovers, well, then they're happy to play the bend, don't break, and force you into a turnover or into a field goal. Yeah, and then, and that's basically a win for the defense. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the the two turnovers by the Jaguars to me that was the main difference in the game. The they weren't as dominant as Dallas was against the 49ers, but I felt that if they had converted those two possessions into any type of points this would this game would have been favored by jacksonville and i i really think jacksonville would have won the game if they hadn't turned over those turn over the ball those two times all right so let's get into it conference uh finals you've got kansas city versus uh cincinnati yeah. uh, you've got eagles versus niners which one are the ones you're more excited about I'm actually excited more about the Kansas City Cincinnati game because it goes back to what we have been talking about during the season that the AFC is the stronger conference. And in this case, I think whoever wins the AFC championship will win the Super Bowl. Really? Uh, is what I feel. Because I, I don't know, man. It just feels like 
It feels like if San Francisco, I don't know if anybody can beat San Francisco. In saying that, I, I still, and this is not talking the Cowboy stuff, yeah. but in that game, you started to see Brock Purdy being human. Hey, dude, it, it's like, hey, I've told you this before. This is one of the best constructed teams in all of football. The 49ers, three years ago, they had issues with players staying healthy. Yep. They still do, but what they did well in the last three years was get depth. You can't double team George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. And would you like me to go on? No. Because there, there's a lot more players. Yeah. Okay. So that is what gives the 49ers the competitive advantage over any team. All they need is steady quarterback play. That's why they don't need a superstar at quarterback. But do they? They, they, they? Brock Purdy is just fine. He reminds me of 2016 Dak. Not gonna make the mistake, you know. Be uh, just you know, make the right throw if, when when the guy's there. That's why uh, Cole Beasley has such a great year. Yeah, 2016. Uh, and then Philadelphia, you know, they're them and 49ers, top five both offense and defense. Philadelphia's had probably the more they they also another team in 2020. They had one of the worst secondaries in football, and over the last two years, they've addressed that issue. They have a mediocre linebacking core but they're secondary with bradbury with darius slay one of the top secondaries in football they already had a stout run def or run or a def defensive line yeah so they were that they, they, they showed in the playoffs and during the regular season with leading league in sacks uh pressure rate just about as good as the cowboys around 40 50 percent so it eagles defense is stout then the offense just but with uh, AJ Brown, they're just explosive now. Yeah, uh, they were a playoff team last year. Now they're a Super Bowl contender this year, just because of that one addition, uh, one of the best lines of football. I thought they were. I thought that line was shaky just with the injury issues. But I saw Lane Johnson limping during the vision round against the Giants. Having said that, he was dominant in that game. But the Giants should not see that again. I. I, I... I love everything that the Eagles have done, and I totally agree with you. But I look at the two playoff games, and uh, and both of them have positives. Both of them won, of course. That's the biggest positive. Yeah. But for San Francisco, Purdy struggled. And it, it takes a miracle catch by George Kittle and a, a misplay by Diggs uh, on that play. And, and then you can make the case that, hey, Kittle wasn't even supposed to be an eligible receiver. But then I look at the Eagles, and I think you played the Giants. Like you got, which might be a positive. You got, you got, not, you weren't tested. Uh -huh. So I, I look at this game, and then I have to go, okay, quarterback. All right. So Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate, but is he still healthy? Will will you will will, will you be able to run the yeah. ball against you know the Niners like you could against the Giants? I just don't think you can. But we go back to what we talked about with Dallas. If you block up the Niners front, their secondary can be exposed. And at times, Dallas had that. They hit a couple big plays, and they missed a couple big plays that were wide open. And so that's where I go back to what you said, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, yeah, that offensive line. I've gone back and forth on this one, but I'm going to say it now. I think the Eagles win. Oh. I could see – I'm trying to be objective here just yeah. because, you know, everybody – so, you know, you always you know I'm a Cowboy fan. Yeah. <laughs> so I hate the Eagles. Uh, but objectively, Philadelphia 
is having eight days of rest. Yep. Good they point. are they didn't travel. Yep. The 49ers played Sunday night. Then they have to play Sunday at they have seven days, but they have to travel across the coast and they play an earlier game. It really doesn't favor the 49ers. But having said that, they haven't lost since they were three and four. So yep. uh, part of me with two different quarterbacks. So part of me thinks that 49ers will be able to figure it out. Having said that, the Cowboys defense was probably the best defense that Brock Purdy has faced during this winning streak. And he struggled. Yeah, six points are off. And we can, well, again, we'll talk about the, the Dallas episode, but six points were directly off interceptions. Yeah. One of them being on close to that side of the field. So. And, and kudos to the Cowboys defense. We'll talk about it in the other show, but kudos to the Cowboys defense for holding the 49ers to as many points as they scored. Yes. It, it, it was a great performance on that side of the ball. Uh, uh, going about if you want to talk about the conference championship game, these are two of the best te- teams in football. Uh, one team led the league in sacks. You know, 49ers are number one defense. 49ers have just as good of a secondary as the Eagles. They have the all pro, uh, Talanoa Hafunga at safety, and they had the other safety, Tayshawn Gibson, a strong veteran who's having a breakout year. Uh, they have one of the best man on man cover corners in Traverius Ward. And they got Jimmy Ward, who's about to uh, create a new role because of his tackle on Tony Pollard. Yeah, it's, it, it, and by the way, I'm, and, and not because it's Tony Pollard, because it happened, those things, when they happen back-to-back in the same day, and yeah. you literally have one maybe affect the game, and then mm-hmm. the other one almost affect the game, it's going to be a rule change. And I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, Australian football, rugby, they've all started to outlaw that. And it's basically where you're, you're – it's no different than the, the horse collar. It's just you're grabbing them in a different place, yeah. but you're using your weight and pulling against them, which makes your legs go 90 degrees the wrong way. And that's exactly what happened to Mahomes. It's exactly what happened to Pollard. And with today's NFL where everybody's bigger, faster, stronger, it's going to result in injuries like this. High heel sprain has been one of the most common injuries the last couple of years. And unfortunately for Tony Pollard, he had a high ankle sprain plus a fractured fibula. Yeah, and again, we'll talk about what that, how that affects the Cowboys here in the next episode. So, give me uh, your pick. Uh, history's on the 49ers side. I mean, Purdy's, the, Purdy's the fifth rookie to make it this far. Oh, you're saying it's finally time because I was about to say rookies have never made it to the Super Bowl. You're saying it's finally it's you well. Know, I mean, well, I'm law saying, of averages. My prediction is the 49ers, objectively. Mm-hmm. Even though history is not on the 49ers side. Yeah, because that's but what know. the 49ers bring that no other team can bring is depth. You can't double team their top five, six offensive playmakers. No. And that to me will be the difference. Eagles have done a great job over the last couple of years on addressing their defensive weaknesses. They've always had a stout pass rush, a stout defensive line, but they've always had mediocre linebacker and you know crappy secondary lack of a better term the last couple of years they've addressed that and this year you're kind of seeing those the uh, fruits of that fruits of that labor i i just still man that eagle offensive line i just i, I see i see what dallas almost did yeah and and there was three or four plays that were left on the field that should have been yeah and i i don't know if if at home if jalen hurts leaves those on the field aj brown's a beast aj brown is you know let's talk about it a 
AJ Brown might be the best receiver in football. Everybody wants to talk about Diggs and everybody wants to talk about Jefferson. And, and I think that they're all, they all have legitimate cases. But when you look at how AJ Brown leaves Tennessee and yeah. what, what position did Tennessee? Oh, they were out of the playoffs. And then they went, he goes to the Eagles, a team that last year kind of made the playoffs because a lot of crap happened at the end. Yeah, they yeah. kind of backed in. Now they're number one seed. It's all A.J. Brown. Not, not that Jalen Hurts and Devon. I'm saying A.J. Brown was the Charles Haley of that offense. He was the fine. That, that's the one thing that we even talked about last year that they needed. Somebody You, you had Devontae Smith who can yeah. and do things, but you needed that secondary, that second guy, and it turns out that no. Actually, Smith's the second guy, yeah. and, and A.J. Brown's the number one guy. And that was more to help Jalen Hurts develop. Yes. Because it's much easier to throw to someone that's 6'3", 225, runs like a gazelle, leaps like a – I don't know, leopard. I don't know, whatever, whatever, uh, and now like whatever makes sense with there. <laughs> I, throwing to him is much easier than throwing to someone that's six foot, 170 pounds. Uh, Devontae Smith's a great player. It's just, it, it gives Jalen Hurts much more of, uh, you know, progression in his career if you can throw to someone that size, TO size, uh, as, as opposed to someone that's, you know, a smaller guy. Um, you got to be more pinpoint accurate. It, it, it just it was just helpful to to break out that team. I mean, it, if you, you watch Hertz run the ball, it was always like five yards of separation. Yep, uh, that, that's why he was so good and for a while there. And I just felt like that's just uh, uh, AJ Brown type of receiver is someone that a lot of other teams need. Not necessarily that good of a player, but like. The Ravens, great example. They got an elite tight end, good running backs, elite quarterback. What they really need is a receiver that can stretch the field. And I don't get teams like them that you, that's the issue, and you know that's the issue, yet they continually don't make moves to to fix that issue. That's just weird to me. Um, yeah. And, and look at Tennessee. Why the hell – and I get that Tennessee was like, well – he, he's you know he's 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 injury prone, which AJ Brown has been. This is the yeah, first yeah. year that AJ Brown's played every game, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so and technically he didn't because he set out the last game. But point is, so I, I get that issue, but how I just don't understand Tennessee going. Hey, let's move the guy that was our main offensive passing game, and let's hope that we draft a guy who's maybe the same size but really isn't there's a difference in Traylon Burks and and, and AJ Brown when you look at them body wise I, I just I didn't understand the move then I really don't understand the move now uh, and you're right you, you talk about Baltimore you talk about Dallas needing a second receiver I, I don't understand why in today's era where we know it's quarterback it's pass friendly it's pass heavy why you're not wanting to go I want three guys in my wide receiver core that all could get a thousand yards and that's what the 49ers have uh, with the with the Titans. They if, if if I trusted my GM, then yeah, make that trade. Because if you, if I trade AJ Brown, I can get three players of similar to equal. Good point. Yeah, but yeah, you know, so far it hasn't worked out. It might in the future. Burks might end up being that superstar that we don't see right now. I I I, I personally don't see it. I would love to be proven wrong. I like the the Titans makeup. I kind of feel like after this next year coming up, Titans will be doing a rebuild. If it doesn't work out in their favor, yeah, I 100% agree with you. There will be a rebuild because they're going to get old. There's 
they just got to sell some parts and just start over again. Um, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, if you but if you want me to give you a prediction for the conference championship game in the NFC, I'm going to go ahead and go with the 49ers. My predictive score is going to be ooh, uh, 23-16. Wow. All right. I've got the Eagles. I'm going to go uh, 31-28. to 28. Okay. I think it's a great game. I, I think. You know, I really think with Christian McCaffrey being the offense for so long, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna he's gonna be the guy that's gonna keep this game a lot closer for the 49ers than any other positional player. Um, but yeah, I, I could definitely see the Eagles winning the conference. They've had so the, they've been the most consistent out of any team. Yeah, like, they really have. And, and everybody's tried to doubt them in every yeah. angle. And, San, San Francisco and, and Cincinnati have been the teams that have struggled. The to, yeah, they, they they've struggled to start the year. And then they figured it out toward the end. So, uh, personally, I would love to see San Francisco and Cincinnati in the Super Bowl for the third time. Uh, it's such a ra- – we talked about this before we record. It's such a random really rivalry. Yeah. I mean, it would be – you've had the Cowboys and the Steelers play three times. You've had the Cowboys and the Bills play two times. Yeah. Um, you've had the the uh, former Redskins, now Commanders, and the Dolphins. That's another random. They just played like 10 years apart. Yeah. Um. And, and then you'd have Cincinnati, and, and which is funny though, because technically you would think that in the '80s that would have been a bigger rivalry because of where Bill Walsh came from under the Paul Brown system, and, and a lot of people felt that he was really, really hurt when he wasn't given the the Cincinnati job when Paul Brown retired. They went with an offensive line coach who lasted all of a year. Yeah. So that that should have been a a, a closer tie, but for some reason it wasn't. Yet here we are. Uh, on on back to back years where that could be the 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 third round matchup, but all right, so let's go ahead and go Chiefs and and Bengals. What do you have? I'm gonna go ahead Bengals twenty four twenty one. It'd be similar to what happened last year in the playoffs in the conference championship. Uh, I, I really don't think Kansas is gonna go up big early like they did last year, but I, I think it'll still be close. Yeah, see, I just I, I think Kansas City from week one to now has been the best team in the NFL. We always want to the hot team who's yeah. won four in a row, who's won five in a row. But at the end of the day, when you look at what Kansas City's done from week one to now, they've done everything that they've wanted to do. You're never going to finish unbeaten. And I get it. They lost to the Bengals, and they're now, I, I think, if, if, if Burroughs wins, Mahomes is now 0 4 against them. But there's just something about Kansas City this year that tells me that th- they're not going to lose. I'll I, I, go ahead and spoil it. I, I think Kansas City wins Super Bowl. I just think Kansas City is almost a complete team. Everything that they do right helps the things that they don't necessarily do right. And nobody wants to talk about the fact that Kansas City might have the best bevy of backs, wide receiver, running back combination. None of them are big names, but they all make the plays when they need to make the plays. And for all the talk about San Francisco and that they do that, and they do, Kansas City does it better because they have a better quarterback. Yeah, they have a one of the generational talent. Yes, generational one, talent. One, one of the greatest of all time. And it's still early to say that, given this, this is the sixth season, fifth season as a starter. But Patrick Mahomes is an all-time great. Uh, kind of thought that this would happen, but you kind of have to see it in the NFL. And, and by the way, I think that now, unless something changes, I, I think at one time we all thought it was going to be Allen versus Mahomes for years. Yeah. I think Allen's going to be more like Big Ben, where he might have a couple years where he pops up. But you know, that, that I was looking at stats. You know, Big Ben and, and Tom Brady only play twice in the playoffs. 
That's one of those games where you think, well, how did they never play more? But it's because Pittsburgh would pop up right when New England was down just a little down for being them at the time. Yeah. I kind of could see that now. And I think it's going to be Burrow versus Mahomes more than it's going to be Allen versus Mahomes. Possibly. I mean, Burrow's done a lot with less uh, offensive line talent wise. If they get an offensive line, Cincinnati might put up numbers we've never seen. Just because, mediocre. Yes. Because you've got Tyler Boyd who would start or at least be the number two on yeah. 95% of the teams. And he's the third guy that yeah. you go, oh, yeah, we'll throw to him when we need to. Yeah. I mean, now Hayden Hurst has replaced him as the number three option. Yeah, it really Bengals. has. And T. Higgins, maybe the best number two in, in yeah. the league right now. It, I mean, he could be a number one for a lot of teams. They have great coaching on defense. They have a great quarterback. Uh, my thing with Kansas City, they remind me a lot of 2009 Indianapolis, mm -hmm. where so in the beginning of the that that season for the Colts, they won a lot of games blowout wise, like the first five six games. Toward the end of the year, they were winning games, but it was like one score. Mm -hmm. It was very close. So you could see that teams were starting to expose their flaw, but. Uh, the Colts had Peyton Manning in his early 30s, so in his prime, and uh, you know Jim Caldwell, a really good coach. It, they were able to still sneak out these wins. Yeah, um, it came up. You know, they they were ended up able. I mean, they, they were just not a, a team that was that dominant. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Record wise, they're 14 and two, and they look dominant. They started the season 14 and 0, but they weren't. They didn't look dominant whenever you played them. That's kind of what reminds me of the 2022 Chiefs. I, I think I, the, I think the only difference is I think that's more Andy Reid and Mahomes. Maybe knowing that you know, hey, let's just get in and get out. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in that. Uh, and talking to a couple former NFL players, and we're just talking about that. I, I, I did learn that that's literally how that works. There's some times where the coaches are going like, guys, we're playing a team lesser than us. Let's just get in and get out. That's literally what they say. Get in, get your win, and move on. Let's. If we put up great stats, great. If we win forty-two to nothing, that's great. Just win, be healthy, and move on. So I, I, I kind of maybe it's a trust of Andy. Not that I don't yeah. trust Zach Taylor. Yeah. You look at what he's done, and again, like you said, two years ago, you and I were talking. Is he going to be fired this year? It kind of felt like. Yeah, at the beginning of the 2021 season, Zach Taylor was on the hot seat. Fair or not? I don't think it was fair, but that's where the Bengals and are. At that now point. he's five and one in the playoffs. Yeah. And now you you really I mean it, I think it would take a couple of losing seasons with a lot of weird things happening for him to lose his job. Yeah. I just still feel that at the end of the day, Kansas City is a and, and by the way, I haven't even talked about. Yeah, I know Joe Burrows can take a lot of sacks. I know he took seven last year, but you give me Chris Jones, who might should be the player of the year. Nothing against Boza. Uh, I think you could have Jones, yeah. Boza, Parsons, either any yeah. three, you're fine. Yeah. But you give me him against that offensive line, at some point, Joe Burrows breaks. At yeah. some point, he takes a hit. That game is going to You be know, that's a good point. We brought up with Chris Jones because last year in the Super Bowl, what were really hampering Burrow was the playoff interior lineman Aaron, Aaron Donald. Yep. Hall of Fame. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, so maybe it is like with Tom Brady, interior pressure that's going to be his weakness. <laughs> your favorite thing. That is my it's favorite your thing. Favorite thing. It, it is one of the best assets. Uh, think about Kansas City outside of Chris Jones. They're a mediocre defense. I, I know they're like top twelve, but 13, yeah. But without Chris Jones, they would not be that high. No, I agree totally. No, yeah, you, so. and you've always been right. I've always told you though. The issue is, is 
finding somebody that can continually yeah. succeed up the middle is just it's almost impossible and that's why they command a lot of money yes exactly and that's it, but that's also why they can command a lot of money and the next year it doesn't seem like they play as well it's not because they don't care they're getting paid too much it's just it's easier to block your a gaps that's just football yeah football 101 yeah. you can your center and your guard can come down what makes chris jones so great is he can split that double team then take the chip from the running back and then still be in the backfield as the quarterback's planting his leg. That's special. And he's built just like David Irving. I don't. But he has the drive. He wants to be a GOAT. That's going to be one of our episodes in the offseason yeah. is players. Who that should be David Irving Yeah, right now. We should already be uh, sculpting his statue for Canton, Ohio. Hollywood Henderson, David Irving, yep. Rolando McClain. The three most frustrating stars for the Dallas Cowboy Dick. Okay, we're going to Dallas. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right. So, to end things here on this uh, or this conference championship, you have. I have the Bengals and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. For you a just third want time. that random third matchup. I do. Which, again, that would be funny. But, yeah, you know what? Philadelphia and uh, Kansas City would be a great matchup just because Andy Reid versus his former team. Yeah. But, anyway, who do you have? I have the uh, Eagles and the Chiefs. By the way, I think any of these matchups are great matchups. I agree. I, I think that this year we have a good game. Not that last year wasn't a six good game. Six hours of fantastic football. Yes, six hours of football. Yeah. That much. At least it won't be like uh, the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this version of Outdrank the Coverage right here on L4 Media S2S Sports. We are going to take a break and have a new show where we're going to just talk the Cowboys. And I know that's what most of y'all want because this is a, you tell by the helmets, this is a Cowboys centric show. But we'll do that on the next episode right here on Outdrank the Coverage. That's Intern Noe. I'm Terry. Thank you for listening.